Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Making the Call. I'm Andrew as always and then I've got my good friend Trent Dunnick here alongside with me today. Trent, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal, Andrew. I'm glad to be back in this podcasting chair podcasting with you. There we go. It's been quite some time and it's been quite some time since the last podcast we did together, so I'm glad to get it picked back up with the NFL season starting up. And that's pretty much the only thing we're talking about today is just Recapping this past week in our NFL games, we'll talk about your Vikings right off the bat. Then we'll talk about my Cowboys, a few of the other games that we wanted to mention, and then we'll get this show wrapped up. So let's go ahead and we'll get started uh, with the Vikings. Uh, they had the 12 o'clock start along with many other teams. They beat the San Francisco 49ers. So Trent, you watched all of it. I watched about three quarters of it, maybe half of it. Uh, something like that. So go ahead and let me know some of your thoughts from watching that game. I think it was... Uh Pretty much what you'd expect at a week one game. There was, there was a lot of positives, a lot, lot of plus sides, and a lot of negatives as well. Um, but those negatives just creases. They'll be ironed out by midseason. I, I sure hope so. Uh, Kirk Cousins, um, in my own opinion, it didn't look like a $30 million quarterback. But, again, that, that comes with the uh, week one. So he, it is the first yeah. week, you know. You got to, like you say, you got to get some things ironed out and yeah. just kind of sharpen things up a little bit, which is what you expect with the yeah. first week. He overthrew some open people. He he underthrew some open people, but he wasn't near as bad as another quarterback we're about to talk about here shortly. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I wasn't really impressed, but that's again, it's a really small sample size. He gets his first loss, but it is. I, I don't think Man. I don't think I'm being a homer when I say it's the best defense in the league. So yeah, no, um, I don't think you're being a homer, yeah. homer at all. I. I just can't believe how high like Vegas and all the sports betting sites were on the 49ers based off of that small sample size from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they had legitimate Super Bowl odds uh, to win the Super Bowl this year. And, you know, they start off the season playing against one of the best, if not the best defense in the Minnesota Vikings. And they definitely gave Jimmy G a lot to work with. And he ended up, you know, losing the game. So I thought it was... It was an interesting matchup for sure. It, it probably didn't help that Jarek McKinnon busts his knee um, the, That's week, true. the week before practice. So, I mean. Well, and I don't know uh, what his stats was the rest of the game, but Marquise Goodwin went down at yeah. that one time. I don't know if he was out for the whole game or not. Yeah. I, I, I don't recall it either, but it was it was a fun game. I'm glad, I'm glad to be watching football again. Um, Dalvin Cook looked really good. Um, great pass option. His running wasn't great, but that's because the Vikings don't have a great offensive line. So yeah, not, that's probably the weakest yeah. part of their team. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too worried about uh, Mr. Cook and uh, Diggs. Look great as always. He's got a new touchdown dance. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's named it yet, but it's <laughs> it's an interesting one. You, you can, can dig it. it. Yeah, I can. I'll dig it. <laughs> um, but you should go. You should go check that out if you're interested. Uh, Thielen. Got rid of his white gloves in preseason and switched back to his golden yellow gloves and had, had himself a day. So I, the Viking offense is looking pretty solid, in, in my opinion. Um, their defense looked good. And like I said, it's just a bunch of creases that need to be ironed out. So Okay. Yeah, it seemed like it was a good game. Definitely good to start off the season uh, with a win because now they go and travel to Lambeau to play Green Bay, uh, who we're going to talk about uh, later on in the episode. I will say you you mentioned Kirk Cousins. Uh, you mentioned he had some some positives he had some negatives i will say that touchdown passes to us uh, stefan diggs was a thing of beauty yeah that he was kinda, definitely he put that thing right in a basket it was 
It was a pretty beautiful throw and a really nice catch and route by Stephon Diggs. Uh, so, yeah, really good win by uh, the Vikings. Like I said, they're going to travel uh, to Green Bay next week to take the Packers. That'll be a really good division game. Interested to see what the status is on Aaron Rodgers because, you know, he got injured last night but came back in. and He, pre- said, in, he said in his post-game interview he'll be playing. So Yeah, he even uh, gave a little nod to Brett Favre. He said, you know, learning, learning how to play – you know, play this position under Brett Favre. It teaches you that you have to be tough to play this position. Mm-hmm. You can't be soft. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. So let's move on um, to a lot less exciting of a game. And this was a 3:30 uh, spot by Fox. You know, it's their America's Game of the Week, and they had the Dallas Cowboys playing the New or, or the Carolina Panthers, and it was awful. Um, I thought before diving into the negatives. And we're going to start with some positives and just kind of get those things out of the way, and then we'll start to kind of dissect the problems that they had. Uh, So with the positives, I thought the defense for sure was a good positive in that game. Uh, They struggled there early. Uh, The thing that they struggled with the most was Cam Newton running the ball. Uh, Cam Newton did a lot of read options with uh, Christian McCaffrey, and that was was including what he did uh, to score that rushing touchdown that he had. It was a lot of you know, feeding McCaffrey to one side, had the defense and the linebackers biting that side, and then Cam Newton had a wide open field on the opposite end of the field. And so they struggled with that a lot at the beginning, but they really ironed that out, uh, especially in the second half. They looked really good considering, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, considering how lopsided this game was offensively, I'm shocked that the Cowboys only lost by eight points. You would think that they lost by a lot more with how the game was going, um, but that is just attributed to the defense and how well that they uh, played against Cam Newton, McCaffrey, and the rest of the weapons that they have there on offense in Carolina. Uh, Let's see. Going off on defense, Sean Lee is usually a focal point of the defense. He looked awful. Yeah, um, he, he was he was missing tackles left and right. I was I was very underwhelmed by his performance. But yeah, I, I think again, week one. He'll, yeah, he'll, week he'll, one. He'll, he's definitely the kind of player that'll bounce back in a big way next. And week. he's you know they were so concerned with preserving him and keeping him healthy. He didn't play a single snap all of preseason. So mm-hmm. it was legit his first snaps of the of the season. He didn't have any work in the preseason. So I think that had a little bit to do with it. I'm not going to give that. Not going to make that too much of an excuse for him because he is Sean Lee and he's a veteran and uh, he has a lot of years in this league. But he looked really bad, but I do expect him to bounce back next week and surely for the rest of the season. I thought the pass rushers looked really well. Uh, they did a really good job. I gained to Cam Newton, both Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence. Secondary was above average. Um, and just to kind of prove how lopsided this game was, I wanted to kind of talk about this tweet. It's from Warren Sharp. He does a lot of really good uh, analytical stuff. Uh, a lot of analytical stuff with the NFL. He doesn't work for the NFL, but he, that's kind of his passion is NFL football. And so the tweet says, says this Cowboys drive chart is what nightmares are made of. Dallas was lucky they weren't blown out. Five red zone trips for Carolina, only one for Dallas. Remarkable Carolina won by only one score. And so just looking at the different possessions that they had, the different drives that they had, Carolina, it was fumble, punt, touchdown, punt, field goal, punt, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, and then the end of the game. And so they were in the red zone, like he said, five times, and they only had two touchdowns. One that Cam Newton run in the first half, and then they had uh, that final run uh, in the second half, which put them up They put, put them up enough to win the game. Uh, and then if you look at Dallas, get ready to hear punt a lot, because that's what they had a lot of. Punt, 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 end of the half. Punt, missed field goal, touchdown, and then it was uh, four down, so they turned it, turned it over there and then fumbled it to the end of the game, that Dak Prescott fumble at the very end. 
And so you see it is one, two, three, four, five straight punts in the first half. And one other, one other interesting thing about that first half of football for the Cowboys is they didn't have a single play in Carolina territory. They didn't cross midfield at all for that whole first half. So that just shows how awful the offense really was in this game. And so that's a good segue to start talking about these issues that they had. Um, I wanted to kind of uh, give a nod to this funny tweet that I saw. I don't know if you've seen them, Trent, but it's all the um, – with that Colin Kaepernick ad that came out with Nike, <laughs> all the joke ads that have come out from various athletes or coaches or just all different types of people. One of my favorite ones was the Mike Tyson one uh, where they worded it so it was like a lisp every single word. That was pretty <laughs> funny. But uh, Sports Day Dallas put out this one. It was of Scott Linehan. So it's a very dramatic black and white photo, and it says, believe in something, even if it means running the same plays over and over and over and over again. And I think that just perfectly encompasses uh, what this game was like uh, for the Dallas offense. Really, really bad play calling. Um, I've, read quite, I've read quite a few articles just today about, you know, they broke down the formations and the personnel and just how predictable they were. If it was first down for the Cowboys, they were 90% of the time running the ball. And Carolina knew that. And so they were stacking the box with seven, eight, sometimes even nine guys because they were daring Dak Prescott to throw the ball. And when Dak Prescott did throw the ball, it was no- terrible. nothing happened. That was probably the worst game accuracy-wise that I've seen from him. Um, it pretty much looks like what the second half of the season looked like for Dak last year. After that Atlanta game, you know, first eight games of the season last year were pretty good. Last eight games were just awful. And now we add this ninth game to it. just kind of looked just like it did. Uh, back in 2017 he struggled really bad with his accuracy the one that really got to me I don't know if you were watching uh, when this happened it was a third down play it was like third and seven which was actually the closest third down play they had that whole game and he scrambles out of the pocket he finds Blake Jarwin way down the field it was going to be like a 30 yard game maybe more if he hit him in stride and he underthrows him incomplete pass they have to go three and out again Um, and that was just kind of that just really um encompasses how Dak was in this game he just could not he missed Zeke on a screen like a screen pass out of the backfield he overthrew Zeke it was just he threw he threw a pass right into Cole Beasley's ankles too and that's the one that sticks out in my mind he was it was a, a nice hook route and he was wide open and there was not a defender within five yards of him and he just threw it right at his ankles I will say Cole Beasley was one of the positives in this game he was running routes really well he was getting open on the passes that Dak actually made it to Cole Beasley, he was able to do some work with that. So I'm, I was very impressed with what Cole Beasley was able to do, especially with him kind of being labeled our number one receiver, which is really, really weird to think of Cole Beasley as your number one. But that's kind of where the Cowboys are at uh, this point in time. But so let's just – I don't want to hound on the Cowboys too much. I want to move on because it hurts to talk about it. Um, Dak was sacked six times, uh, so you can – Blame the offensive line, which has usually been a stable point for this team. You can blame them because uh, they were just allowing pressure after pressure, which I think attributes more to the Carolina front seven yeah, and how much. I think they're. I think they're the real deal. Yeah, in, especially in that interior that they have on the defensive line was just being able. And granted, we do have Joe Looney filling in for Travis Frederick. We do have Connor Williams, who is a good player, but he is a rookie. You had these two guys going up against Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackles, and they just weren't able to hold their ground, which you can't blame them too much for it, but it is kind of weird to see the offensive line struggle as much as it did uh, last night. And then finally, Brad Maher, replacement kicker for Dan Bailey because they decided to release the second most accurate kicker in NFL history. He gets one field goal attempt. He misses it off the upright. I'm not going to 
bring too much criticism onto him because it is only one sample. It's only one field goal. We have a very small sample size. I want to give him a little bit of slack and give him the benefit of the doubt. So we'll see how he plays in week two against uh, the New York Giants. Uh, but Trent, for as much of this game as you watched, was there anything else to sit out with you, or was it just downright atrocious? I, I knew from the second the uh, the schedule came out, I told you, I said, the Cowboys are losing game one. And you didn't, you didn't believe me, so I'm a little bit salty about that. But I just I just thought that Carolina looked pretty pretty darn good. And they you're right, they should have blown the Dallas Cowboys out. Um, there's no reason they shouldn't have. I think the only reason they didn't is because, again, more injuries on their offensive line. And I'm not really impressed with Carolina's wide receiver core, but Cam Newton, when Cam Newton wants to play like Cam Newton. It's, he's so it's hot and cold, but when he's really, hot, you need to hope you're not playing him. Yeah, he, it's really hard to stop a, a body like that coming right at you, especially if you're Sean Lee and haven't played. And Well, and that's the other thing is that, months. you know, Cowboys have a good pass rush as far as their defense goes, but it's hard to bring down a quarterback who's actually bigger than you. Yeah. Like, you don't run into that very much as a defensive end or a defensive tackle or trying to tackle a quarterback who's actually larger in size than you are, but that's what you run into when you play someone like Cam Newton. I, I think my, my biggest takeaway from that game as someone that lives in Dallas Cowboys country is I, I don't think the season's lost necessarily. I don't either. Because um, it is week one, you were on the road, but if you come back and – play the same way against the New York Giants at home, which historically they haven't played the Giants well at home, um, then maybe start thinking about um, what Jason Garrett's doing and what the offensive coordinator's doing. But I don't know. I, I, if it, I will tell you this. If this continues, I don't see either of them making it through the end of the season. I don't either. I think they'll be gone by and you're, Are you speaking to Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan? Mm, yeah. Those two. I... I there's no excuse for it. Um, you're cutting your best wide receiver, even though he was a cancer. But I did see him tweet something that was kind, yeah. of, kind of snobby. But oh, he <laughs> tweeted like seven times during the game. It was, yeah. it was honestly kind of funny because the game was so bad just to see him. Well, he's, one of the really funny ones was he's just pro- he's just proving Jerry Jones right is what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, he is. That. But you know, because one of the issues was he was a bit of a cancer for the locker room. But I will say one of the funny ones was one of the reporters had tweeted that Scott Linehan declined to comment when he exited the locker room, and Des Bryant replied to that with the crying laughing emoji just because he can't stand Scott Linehan, which, I, I mean, I can't either. Yeah, but. I, I think for sure by the end of the season, Scott Linehan will be gone. I'm fairly certain that Jason Garrett will be too, but the thing about that is Jerry Jones loves him some Jason well, Garrett. So, so one thing I want to put out there is neither Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones talked to the media last night which Jerry Jones always talks to the media because Jason Garrett's his guy, so he's going to step up and defend him. And both of them just dipped out of there. They didn't want to talk to anybody, so I, that shows how mad they were. Well, yeah, they're, well, you, you're going to be frustrated. Your quarterback that is supposed to be the future of your franchise just literally, like... Getting close to a payday. Yeah, laid an egg. And your offensive coordinator and head coach did nothing about it. So, I mean... Yeah, I understand why they're frustrated, but I think them leaving is more of what what I, goes back to what I was saying about it's week one. Give it them a couple, is. give them a couple more weeks. Don't jump ship yet. And but, I will say, so I wanted, they're definitely on the hot seat. Is, oh, is they definitely are say, for sure. I wanted to throw this out at you, and I, you know, they say that some of your best thoughts come to you when you don't expect them, and 
how some people just get into these really deep thoughts that they're like laying in bed at night or they're taking a shower or something. And so I took a shower, you know, like 10 minutes before we recorded this. And I was just thinking about the episode and I, I thought about this, um, you know, the conversation of preseason is definitely something people always talk about. Should there be a preseason? Should we cut it down? It's so boring. None of the starters even play. Um, and definitely, I think some of the game on Sunday can be attributed to rust just because none of our starters really played in the preseason. Zeke didn't play a single snap. I mentioned Sean Lee had a bad game. He didn't play a single snap. I'm not trying to use that as a full excuse, but I think that can be a marginal excuse uh, for how poorly they played. Do you think that we should have these four preseason games like we do? Do you think that we should make the starters play, you know, a certain amount of quarters? Like, what do you think is, do you think there's anything wrong with the preseason at all? Or do you think it's fine as, as it is? Well, that question is, is, is hard to answer because each team has its own philosophy. Like you said, the Cowboys won't have any players, but the Browns will go undefeated because they play all their starters all yeah. four games. So, I mean, it, I think if I were a head coach, I think that I would have my starters play games three and four. May, not the whole game, but maybe like in game three, play a quarter, game four, play a half. And and that way you're ready for the following week, week one. Yeah. Um, but like weeks one and two. Well, so uh, I, I, I it, it would be hard for me to play any starters in weeks one and two. So the idea that came to me is one of the one of the common feelings is that we need to shorten the preseason from four games to three games and because that would be fine with me. Because you have all these people getting hurt. You know, you had um, the rookie running back Darius Geis for Washington. He gets hurt the very first preseason game out for the year. Yeah, and so you want to try to avoid as many of those injuries as you can. So the idea that I had, I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on it is we shorten it down to three games. And one of the one of the main reasons we have the preseason is for those bubble guys to try and prove they deserve a spot on the roster. When you're trying to refine that 52-man roster, you want to get those second and third and fourth strings guys in to try and see what they have, see if they can get on the roster or they're going to make it on the practice squad that year. And so what if we shorten it down to three games? The first two games, you don't have any starters play at all. It's all backups. It's all bubble guys, practice squad, trying to see what they have. And then that third game, starters play the whole game. It's kind of your get ready game for week one. And you could even set it up to where if you didn't want to do definitively like the final third game and you wanted to maybe have your starters go up against the backups of the opposing team, you could make it, you could try and schedule it to where the game that your starters play the whole game, you have the other team playing their backups. So you kind of risk the, you know, smash mouth football where you have these elite players on both sides. You kind of reduce that risk of injury. What are kind of your thoughts on that? Um, again, that's your philosophy. It could be, I mean, it would work. I, I understand what you're trying to say, but if, if it were me and I wanted to get my, my, my team ready to go for the first week, I would instead of playing the whole game, I'd have them play the second half. Okay. And cut it down to a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, sec- okay with the, that. the second half, in my opinion, is more, what am I trying to say? It's more real. It's more meaningful. More cause meaningful. Because yeah, by I mean, the time that half's over, the is, game's over. It is preseason, but they're all professional athletes. They all want to win. Exactly. Re- regardless. So you they're going to get to where you are in that league if you're not competitive. Exactly. So, I mean, and, and that way you could even, like, fill, figure out your bubble players in the first half. If you, if you, if like Give them one more half of – One more half to of – Show themselves. Mm-hmm, for sure. So I think 
Yeah, I think I would only ever play my starters for a half. I think they're... I think that's a good point. I think whatever it is, there needs to be some sort of structure because right now it's just kind of up to the team. So you have, like the Patriots, Tom Brady was playing in the preseason on a consistent basis. Dude's like 41 years old. (laughs) And then you had other teams like Dallas who their star player, Zeke, they didn't want him to play a single snap and he came out a little rusty on Sunday. So I think there there needs to be some sort of structure to where you can actually get some exposure without feeling that you're playing too much before the season starts. That was just kind of a, a thought that I had. Yeah, I, I definitely think your starters need to play a little bit. I think so, too. I think you need, you know, just to get them some sort of work so they don't mm-hmm. come out completely stale. Exactly. Because uh, you find that across the league as whenever you look at that first game for week one. Uh, let's move on from the Cowboys. Let's move on to some of the other games that we had uh, around the NFL. We'll start off with Sunday night football. So this was just last night. You had the Packers and the Bears. Trent, I don't know how much of, a, of how much of this game that you watched. I watched pretty much all of it. Yeah, I didn't watch much of it. Dinner went late. It was yeah, dinner went late. Um, <laughs> it was an exciting game. It. I remember I was texting a buddy of mine and we were talking about it, and it was after Aaron Rodgers went down and the um, the Bears were up like twenty to three or something, and I was like, this game's over. I was like, Aaron Rodgers out because they had Deshaun Kaiser in. And he was just getting lit up by the Chicago Bears defense. And I was like, this game's over. And then second half, Aaron Rodgers comes back, and we're like, whoa, okay, hold on, wait a second. And it's just – I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers, but it was pretty spectacular to watch what he was able to do in that game. Yeah, I I don't like Aaron Rodgers one bit, but that's – he is the best quarterback in the league right now. He is. You could could argue Tom Brady – Tom Brady's a great, Tom he has Brady, the best career, but as of right now, Aaron Rodgers is yeah, better. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. He could, he could take a Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl. Um, that that just that just is a testament to how bad the Packers are going to be when he leaves. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if that's he covers up all the holes that you might have on a team. They don't. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, they got nothing. They got claim. They got like a. Old Clay Matthews. And yeah, that's, and, and that's then on offense, they have Randall Cobb. They have Devontae Adams. I'm I I think that the Green Bay Packers wide receiver group is the most overrated wide receiver group I agree. in football. Um, that just, just because they have Aaron Rodgers thrown to them. I could be a – okay, maybe not. But we could be successful NFL wide receivers if we had Aaron Rodgers throwing us the ball. He'd put it where only we can catch it. Yep. And we'd get, like, drilled as soon as we caught the ball, and our careers would be over. But that one pass he throws to us, he's going to put it right where only we can catch it. Nobody else is going to be able to touch it but us. And if we catch it, we catch it. If we don't, it's our fault, not his. It's just like, as far as passing goes, you know, you have certain quarterbacks who – are really good at the long ball. You have certain quarterbacks who just have the perfect touch. You have quarterbacks who are just really quick with getting the ball out. He seems to just do it all. Yeah, like he, he can put the ball as far as quickly and as accurately as he wants to, just at will. Like he never it never wavers. It's just unbelievable to watch the man play football. But so I was watching that game. Aaron Rodgers went down in the first half. He got carted off the field because of his left knee. Like they thought he had done serious damage. They just made him the highest-paid player in the league, and then he goes out in the first game, and they're like, crap, season's over. Deshaun Kaiser's under center. Khalil Mack was just freaking murdering the Green Bay Packers. He yeah. had an unbelievable first half. He's scary. I'm yeah. scared of him. I don't, know wh- I don't know what was up with Oakland and John Gruden not being able to 
keep him and basically running him out of town. Would have, been, would have been too expensive, and I, and I I understand that. Now this is a topic that's about a week old, but I I never got to talk about it. Um, I understand why he did that because he doesn't want to pay one player all the money. But if that one player is the best player on your team, it doesn't matter. I I like. I think the only player that should make that kind of money as what, of what Camilo Mack is making is your star quarterback or maybe even your star running back. I just don't think in today's NFL world, the careers are so short, you shouldn't have to pay a player that kind of money. And, and you, that's what Pittsburgh's doing right now with Le'Veon Bell. But yeah. That's a whole other topic, and I don't want to chase rabbits. Down we don't have that holes. much time, yeah. But, <laughs> I, I just think I understand why they did it. As a, as a general manager, you don't want to pay one player 20% of your cap. I mean, you see that in hockey, and it, it just destroys your team until that player is gone. The Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to suck for another five years because they're paying, paying Taze and Kane and Keith 30% of their cap. I knew that somehow, talking NFL, you're going to bring hockey into this. Well, I'm just getting excited. There's 24, 23 days till <laughs> hockey season. It's, good, it's a good time of the year. I don't know. I I disagree with you. I think that the defensive end is your most prized possession on defense because they can. Because you you talk about paying your star quarterback, but if you have a player on your defense who can disrupt the other team's star quarterback. Okay, let, let me ask you this question though: How okay. many times a game is that player going to influence a play? How many times a game? Yeah, I'd say multiple times. Maybe look, maybe eight or nine, maybe ten. Well, look at how guys like. Khalil Mack, or mm-hmm. guys like, he's not a defensive end, but Aaron Donald in tier defensive line, these guys are able to disrupt the passing game and the run game because of how deadly they are rushing that offensive line. Okay, but if you're if you're a quarterback who should be making that kind of money, you're under center every game, every play, every play revolves around you. So you, in my opinion, have the right to make that kind of money. But if you're a defensive player, and the Vikings, the Vikings pay most of their cap on their defense, and I hate yeah. it. And it happened in Seattle too, because they're going to run out of offense, and they're going to. We're going to see that Seattle is going to pay for it this year. And I, I just think that if you pay a defensive player who only contributes, uh, we'll say fifteen plays a game, on a on a good day, then the other fifteen plays, you're it's just wasted money in my opinion. But, but okay, so the counterpoint to that would be. That so you have this defensive end in the NFL, it's becoming increasingly more of a passing league. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks are throwing it more than they ever have. It's more pass heavy than it is run heavy, unless you're the Cowboys because you're stuck in the 90s. Um, every team is throwing the ball more than they're passing it. So, why would you not invest if you're going to invest money in a defensive player? Why wouldn't you invest it in one whose sole job is to disrupt the passing game? Because you, you wouldn't want to invest it in like a safety or a cornerback. Because if a quarterback wants to, it can choose not to throw it to that side of the field. Yeah. You know, you have someone like Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. You can take him out of the equation by throwing it to the other pieces. You can't take a defensive end out of the equation because he is rushing the quarterback every single play. So that's why I think if you're going to give money to one defensive player, it should be the defensive end. It should be someone like Khalil Mack. Well, that's, that, that goes to my point is nobody on defense should be making that kind of money. Is, is what I'm trying to say. I, I'm, I'm, I just think that the only person that should make that kind of money is a quarterback and Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. But you have this cap to where you have money available to pay these guys. Unless you distribute it to other guys, the cap's high enough to where you can 
pay your star quarterback. You can pay your star defensive end, and then you can maybe even get a star wide receiver. I mean, look what the Rams are doing over in Los Angeles. Because they have their quarterback on a rookie contract right now, they signed Todd Gurley to this multi-year, multi-million dollar extension. They sign Aaron Donald to this multi-year, multi-million dollar extension. And they bring in, you know, um, Aqib Tlaib. I think they brought him in as well. And then they brought in another safety as well. And so they're, they're able to spend all this money on all these other pieces because, you know, you talk about how valuable the quarterback is. And because he's on that rookie deal, they still have money to give, all, give to all these other people. Yeah, I, I guess I guess, and the gist of what I'm saying is I'm a socialist when it comes to paying your defense. <laughs> uh, I, I I think the 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 defense in football more spread out works more as a unit than any other position in in any sport. It's the defense in football. They they work together more as a unit than any other position. So I think that a lot of the players make other players look good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from Khalil Mack because he he is a stud. And he's probably one of the best pass rushers in the game. But I just I don't know. I just have a problem with giving him that kind of money. That's, I, that's all I'm trying to say. I see where you're coming from. Uh, one last thing I I wanted to say uh, before we kind of wrap this thing up is, yes, defense does move out as as a unit more than the offense. I think uh, I think anyone would agree with you on that. But I think there are examples to where removing one defensive player drastically hurts your defense. I think the prime example of that is... DeMarcus Ware. I was going to say, look how the Cowboys are without Sean Lee. Yeah. You know, excluding Sunday, because Sunday was a really bad game. Mm -hmm. But you take Sean Lee out of the game on defense, and that defense last year had no idea what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They couldn't make tackles. They weren't getting into formation. Mm -hmm. He was kind of the quarterback of the defense. And so I think there are those special players throughout the league. You know, you have Sean Lee. You have Cleo Mack. Mm -hmm. You have Von Miller up in Denver. You have Aaron Donald with L.A. You have these special players, you know, sprinkled throughout the league. They're not as um, prevalent as you have a quarterback because teams invest all their resources in the quarterback, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But I think you do have those few individuals who are so impactful on defense that they are worth the money that they demand because of how much they actually hold together that unit that you were talking about. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So... That was a good discussion. It wasn't even planned, but... We should have uh, had a podcast on that. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, so anyways, back to the Aaron Rodgers and, you know, beating the Bears. Uh, let's kind of blaze through these stats, uh, and we'll move on. Cleo Mack, he did have an unbelievable first half. In just that one half, he had a sack, a pick six, and a forced fumble, uh, which was just historic that he was able to do all three of those things in one half. Uh, Rodgers got Carter off the field. He came back. He finished 20 for 30, 286 yards, and three touchdowns. That second touchdown he threw uh, to Randall Cobb was just beautiful. It was I, You couldn't have thrown a better pass, and it was just unbelievable. And it was at that point when I was like, all right, Bears kind of in trouble. Uh, but at this very next point was when I was like, all right, yep, for sure Aaron Rodgers is coming back. It was, I think it was in that final drive. Yeah, it was in the final drive that Aaron Rodgers, they drove down and he threw that pass, uh, I believe it was to Randall Cobb. It might have been to Devontae Adams. Might have those two mixed up. Um, but r- a few plays before that, Trent, uh, Rodgers threw a pass. It got deflected by Khalil Mack. And then their number one cornerback for Chicago had it in his arms. Like, it was falling into his chest for the interception. It was going to seal the deal. Game was going to be over, and he dropped it. Went right through his arms. They actually uh, – his last name was Fuller. I forget his first name, the cornerback for the Bears – he was a free agent, and Green Bay actually offered him money to come play for Green Bay. And the Bears 
um, outbid Green Bay to get this cornerback because they didn't want him to go Green Bay. They wanted him to play for Chicago. And he had the chance to pick off Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game to seal the deal for the Bears. Went right through his hands. And then two plays, two or three plays later, Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown pass to Randall Cobb. Game over. Um, I will say, though, Bear fa- Bears fans, there's if there are any of you out there listening to this podcast, you shouldn't be worried um, because I will say that you were a botched interception away from winning the game. A few stats about the Bears. Mitch Trubisky, I like that kid. I think he, he's got some stuff. He's a good player. He was 23 for 35, 170 yards with no passing touchdowns, but he did rush for 32 yards on a rushing touchdown. And finally, let's get a little drum roll. Cleveland snaps their losing streak. It finally happened, ladies and gentlemen. Right? They won? They nope. beat the Steelers? They did not win. Oh. Then, wait, what happened? They tied as... The popular Fortnite player Ninja predicted. He predicted a Browns versus Steelers tie. Which, if he would have went to Vegas on that, I, I think he, he would have won a lot of he money. Won a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> I will say I don't want to get into this long discussion, but I think it's stupid that you can tie in an NFL game. Yeah, I think it's absolutely stupid. Yeah. I think you should play till someone wins. They, they need to, they need to figure out the overtime in the NFL. I yeah, think, it, I think I think it. That whole system is broken. But that's I think there's a few things broken in the NFL, and I, that's, <laughs> that's definitely up there uh, is their overtime policy because I think it's awful. But Cleveland ties uh, Pittsburgh. They scored 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to force overtime, uh, and then they remind the world that they are the Cleveland Browns. They had a field goal. They had it lined up. It was within range, and it gets blocked. And that would have won them the game, and then overtime was over, and they tied. Um, James Conner had himself a day filling in for Le'Veon Bell. He had 31 carries for 135 yards and two touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger, not very impressive. He had a lot of passing yards, but it was also with five quarters of football instead of four. (laughs) He was 23 for 41, 335 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Two of those interceptions were by the rookie cornerback Denzel Ward, who was taken number four overall uh, by the Cleveland Browns this past draft. And then Terod Taylor was 15 of 40, not very impressive. Yikes. One touchdown, one interception, and he also had a rushing touchdown. So not a very impressive game from him. Less than 50% completion percentage. That's that's just... Just over 50% for Big Ben. So not a very impressive game for the quarterbacks. Uh... Speaking it of, was raining. Yeah, it was yeah, raining, but that's still terrible. Anyway. So let's let's turn to another game where it was a very impressive day for quarterbacks. You had Tampa Bay take on uh, New Orleans. Tampa Bay upset the Saints in a shootout. They won forty-eight to forty. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a career game. He was twenty-one for twenty-eight with four hundred and seventeen passing yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Filling in for Jameis Winston, who's serving a suspension right now. He goes out and balls out. Um, I actually heard a pretty funny story about him. So he has two kids. Uh, he, has, he has an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. And the 11-year-old's playing fantasy. And he wasn't going to start his dad. He was like, he, he's kind of a real realist. You know, yeah, he's like, yeah. I have some better quarterback I can start. And the 9-year-old son was like, dude, you it's, have to start dad week <laughs> one. What are you doing? And so he started him. And <laughs> Fitzpatrick just balls out. It's, That's funny. Yeah, pretty funny. Um Obviously, his receivers had a nice game with that many passing yards. Mike Evans, seven receptions, 147 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson, five receptions, 146 yards and two touchdowns. On the other side of the field, Drew Brees had actually more passing yards because he's just a passing yard machine. He had he was 37 of 45, 439 yards, three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara 
had 141 total yards and three total touchdowns. And then Michael Thomas uh, was the leading receiver with nine receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. God, that's some offense in that game right yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of defense, defense, huh? No defense there. Which was surprising because the defense was a very strong part of the Saints last year, mm-hmm. and it just didn't show up week but one. It, it, in week one last year, the Vikings blew just same same thing. Was, I think the final score was like 54-48. to 48. So, I mean, week it's one. week one. Week yeah, one. that's the theme of this episode is it's week one. Uh, moving on, Redskins, they stomped the Cardinals. I think it was like 26-6 to six or 26-3 or something. It wasn't very close. Adrian Peterson, he had a nice day um, against his formal t- former team, the Arizona Cardinals, because he was there for a few weeks there last yeah, year. Was really not, not long. <laughs> not very long there. at all. Um, he had 26 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And then he also had two receptions for 70 yards. Alex Smith, Alex Smith actually had a very, he had a very good day. Uh, he was 21 of 30. 255 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, then Sam Bradford, 20 of 34, 153 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. And so Bradford didn't look very good. It's unfortunate. Yeah, Alex Smith, though, Alex Smith looked very good. Uh, and his, it was his Redskins debut uh, since gaming traded from Kansas City. We have a couple games tonight. One of them is going on as we speak. It's the Jets at the Lions. Uh, Sam Darnold debut, which I saw that his very first pass attempt, he threw a pick six. So Sam Darnold's off to a good start. Uh, pretty, you know, that's something Jets fans are accustomed to is quarterbacks throwing pick sixes. But we'll see if Sam Darnold could be the difference for that team. Uh, but first pass attempt uh, was a pick six. Right now, currently, as of 7.04 uh, p.m. Central Time, the Jets are beating the Lions 10-7. to uh, So Jets have scored back, scored 10 points since giving up that pick six uh, that I just mentioned. And then after that, 9.20 tonight, we have the Rams at the Raiders. Trent, thoughts on this game? You think I think the Rams are going to win it. I don't think the Raiders are going to be very good. I'm skeptical of John Gruden. Um, you know, I hound on the Cowboys for having a very 1990s mindset uh, with their football plan. And John Gruden, when he got the job, said, you know what, we're going to bring football back to the 90s, was what he said. So he's wanting to go old school. So I just don't have a lot of faith with that. What are your thoughts? I've never been a big fan of John Gruden. Um, I... Yeah, I think the Rams carry this one pretty easy. They're they're six and a half point favorites. I I think it'll probably be more than that. I think but so. You don't know. It could surprise me. Yeah. Well, I I think the Rams are going to be good this year. We'll see. You know how they perform with Todd Gurley new contract, Aaron Donald new contract, and then they pretty much added any piece they wanted to uh, during the off season. So I'm interested to see how they look tonight. So Trent, before we get out of here. Show is called Making the Call, so let's make a few predictions. I've got in, in front of us, we have the lineup of games for week two. So we're just going to kind of run through these super quickly, make our predictions. First game, Thursday night, Ravens at Bengals. Who do you have? I got the Ravens. They looked really good. Scored they looked a lot really of good against the worst, probably the, what's going to be the worst team in the league with Buffalo. Uh, was it 42-3, to three, I think is what the final score was. It was a lot to a few. Yeah. Let's see. I think I have it in front of me right here. And good teams blow out bad teams. That's true. 47 to 3. Yeah, that's a lot so, of yeah, points. A lot of points. I'll take the Ravens in there as well. They're going to improve to 2 and 0. Panthers at Falcons. I'm going to actually take the Falcons in this one. I think they got embarrassed by Philadelphia. They looked awful in the red zone. Um, so I think they're going to they're going to have some statements to make and I think they're going to beat and they're at home. Uh, so I think that's another reason why I'm going to pick the Falcons. They have, they're hosting the Panthers. Are you taking the Panthers by that look in your eyes? No, I'm taking the Falcons. I just I don't think they're embarrassed. 
And they played the Super Bowl champs in in Philly on the first game of the season. I I they weren't embarrassed. They're gonna be just fine, and they're gonna blow the Panthers out. I think in their minds they were embarrassed. Well, yeah, everyone's embarrassed when you lose the first game because you you want to win. But yeah. But alrighty, they didn't. So. All right, so we both take the Falcons. Next game, Colts at Redskins. I'm gonna take the Redskins. What about you? Uh, give me the Redskins. Redskins as well. Mm-hmm. Texans. 0-1 versus Titans 0-1. Titans are going to be home in that game, but I'm going to take the Texans. I'm Deshaun t- Watson's going to bounce back. I agree. I'm taking the Texans. I, I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a huge game. Huge. 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 All right, let's move on. Uh, Eagles at Bucks, both 1-0. and I'm going to take the Eagles in this game. What about you? Um, I don't know. This this one's interesting to me because I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick can do what he just did. But if I don't does, think so. If he does, then I take the Bucks. but... That means that he's got to throw for four touchdowns. If it's Patrick throws for four touchdowns, I, I think Bucks win. If Bucks he throws win. for any less, any Eagles. less than that. Eagles okay. Uh, moving on, Chiefs at Steelers. I think that's going to be a really good game, uh, but I am going to take the Steelers in this game because they just tied the Browns, so they need to they need to have a bounce back. Um, and James Conner looked really good. Uh, we'll see what happens with him and Le'Veon Bell and see if anything develops with that this week. But I'm going to take the Steelers. What yeah, about you? I'm taking the Steelers, too. I think that and they are at home. Yeah, I think Big Big Ben playing at home is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He Awful sucks on, the on the road, but he's yeah really good at home, which he was on the road this week uh, against Cleveland. Moving on, uh, Dolphins against the Jets. Dolphins won their first game. Jets are playing right now. They're currently up 10-7. to Who are you taking on this game? Um, I'm gonna take the Jadolphin Jets. Jadolphins. I'm gonna take the Jadolphins. Okay, Jadolphins. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna take the Jets. They're I'm gonna, gonna be they're definitive. Gonna t- they're gonna tie. <laughs> Might have two straight ties uh, in the NFL season to prove how stupid overtime is. I'll take the Jets in this one. Chargers versus Bills. I'm gonna have the Chargers. What about you? I think the Chargers as well. Okay. Bills are awful. That, yeah. That should be an easy pick. Vikings against Packers. I'm gonna take your Vikings in this one. I am too. I I I wasn't at all confident that Aaron Rodgers was healthy and the Vikings. He w- if you watched him, it, yeah, and I he think, did not want to put any pressure on that left leg. But this is a revenge game for him. Um, Vikings broke his collarbone last year, and he was pissed That's true. about it. So he but could he could go off, but he could go off in two ways: on a cart or statistically. Ooh, ooh, ooh nice. Okay, so we both take Vikings. Uh, Browns versus Saints. I'm gonna take the Saints. They need to bounce back from being the Bucks. Browns are gonna have to wait another week to try and get that first win. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Saints' offense is gonna prove to be too much for the Browns. Okay, and then uh, Lions versus 49ers. I'll take the Niners. What about you? Um, I'll take the Niners as well. Cardinals versus Rams. I've got the Rams in this one. As do I. Okay, Patriots and Jaguars. I'm gonna actually take the Jaguars in this one. I think they have they want some revenge from the AFC Championship game last year. Who are you taking? I'm going to take the Patriots. Okay. That's one of the few disagreements we've had so far. Uh, Raiders, Broncos in Denver. I'm going to take Denver in this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. I don't, I'm not a believer in Case Keenum. But you're also not a believer but in John I'm, Gruden. I still love Case Keenum, though. He's a great guy. Did you know he went to Wiley? Yeah, did you know he went to Wiley? <laughs> All righty. A little Abilene joke there. Giants against the Cowboys Sunday Night Football. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. Uh, You're probably going to take the Giants. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. I, I don't think the Cowboys are very good. I think they'll be lucky to win four games. Whoa. Sorry. Making the call. Um, and then finally, Seahawks against the Bears. Monday Night Football. I'm going to take the Bears in this one. 
Who are you taking? I'm taking the Bears as well. I think they're young and they're hungry and they're really good, but they lost to Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Alrighty. Well, Trent, I think that's it. You got anything else for me? Um, I, I do not. Good NFL podcast. Good conversations. As always, really good conversations. See if we can do this thing again next week. Talk about week two games. Uh, after the next week of NFL games. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Making the Call. I really appreciate all the listeners out there. If you have any comments, feel free to go down to that comment section. Let us know what you think. Feel free to rate it, subscribe it, do all the things, share it, anything possible to get the word out about the show. And as always, we'll see you the next time the call comes in.